Hello. We haven't done this for ages. We're back. We found time. I was going to say we found time because there's like loads and loads of stuff going on. We've it's had like a mixture we... of gigs, football, World Cup. Work. Work. More work. More work. But it's nearly, I've got, what have I got? I've got two weeks to go and I'm free for two and a half weeks. Nice. Well, I've got a cheeky long weekend this weekend and then I'm off between Christmas and year as well. So I'm going to have some like relaxed time too. So it's all good. But well, someone has done it, have already turned 29 plus eight. So I know Mondays when I do it. Your 29 plus eight is Monday. Mine was yesterday. So I am. I share my birthday with um, a lot of very cool people. Um, Ronnie O'Sullivan. Um, I'm trying to remember who other ones are. Sajid Javid, our former uh, Chancellor, Health Secretary, nice. etc. Um, Frankie Muniz, who's born on this same day as me because he's the same age as me. That's quite a cool one. Yeah. Um, Maddie Poppy, who um, won American Idol. Um, and yeah, so yeah, we were all great people born on the 5th of December. Okay, so 30th of November then. I've got, I know Kaylee Kuoko was the same day. Yeah, she's Penny from Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I will have to double check this out. I'm sure it's someone like Phil Babb going to like random, randomness. I'm sure as a little kid, I was like, oh my God, he's got the same birthday as me. Like, I think like, I'd like looked at it at one point because during lockdown, you know, and the whole sort of thing, when everyone was doing Zoom quizzes and stuff, I did a round on my birthday <laughs> based on people that were born on my birthday. And it's like, oh, um, Anthony Martial. Um, so his birthday is the same day as mine. Uh, and yeah, there was just kind of a lot of sort of very like random people. Kerry Hilson as well. I'm just sort of, they'll all sort of come randomly. So I'll just shout out random names at some point. Through I that. Know. I know Evil Knievel died on the 30th of November. I remember that one. That fact it's not, it's not that's birthday. the morbid side of the birthday. The death day. Death day, you know. That's the downside of it. But there you go. It's always fun around and we're six we're six days apart. That's it. But Fulham and Spurs haven't lost for a while. Like we they haven't lost since we last did a podcast, have they? I know, because neither of them are played, because we're currently watching you know the delights of football in the middle east in round it's so weird the whole idea of i think like, i've watched up. about so i've watched two england games i watched a, the canada game where they went one and up on the first minute i was like oh this could be a good game and then they got absolutely hammered so i think actually i've only watched two full games i've kind of i've half watched some games and things but i've generally picked like the shitter games that i've properly watched like, because, you know, I, when I've been working at home through work, like, rather than having the radio on or a podcast on in the background, I've just sort of had, like, the background noise from, like, the telly. Yeah. So, like, I think in the first round of games, like, when Uruguay played South Korea, it's like, oh, that could be a really good game. They've got, like, two Spurs players, uh, one on each side, so it's, like, worth it. No, nil-nil. <laughs> And it's like the games you look at, it's like, I can't really be asked to watch that. It's like they end up being like amazing. It's like, you know, yeah. like, like Japan, Germany and kind of, you know, with the Saudis getting that win and stuff. And it was just like all these like really crazy stuff. And it's like, yeah. but I, I suppose the good thing is that apart from France, like nobody's actually consistently looked good, really. But then they lost today, didn't they? Did they haven't even seen scores so today. I know... Yeah, I haven't even seen that today, actually. Yeah, so they uh, lost to, Tunis I want to say Tunisia. Oh, yes, 1-0, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, everyone's yeah. as bad as each other is what it sort of things. You kind of, you know, I don't know. We've we've currently got seven of Spurs' 12 players that are still going to be playing going into the next round and two more waiting their fate. But I only... <laughs> And only three that are returning home for a bit of rest. Um, it's so. a thing. Fulham have got, yeah, Tim Ream's obviously carrying on and Robinson with USA. They've got to the next round now. 
it's, it's good. are probably out, which is good. It's good to see some kind of like, you know, other sides kind of getting a run and stuff. You know, Australia getting through after that first game, you know, yeah. when it went one nil up and then got absolutely battered. That was hella if if you'd seen um Mitch and Tom's like Insta story from when they were watching it, the Seaforth guys, like because Australia went one up and they did the whole like get in. <laughs> and then, like 40 minutes later, they just sort of posted with the score, and it's like that aged well. <laughs> but yeah, Australia got through it, so they got through, and they're well, they've got Argentina next, so um, that'll be an interesting one for them. And obviously, the States got through as well, was runner up in our group. Um, England got through, um, looked good against nothing in the first game. Um, the USA game was possibly the biggest waste of two hours of all of our lives. It was, um, yeah, it happened. Yeah. That's about it. And then Wales, I don't know, like it's first half was dross again. And then I think once, you know, they started the second half, Wales without Bale, without Neko Williams, their shape was out of place. And, you know, England did what they should have done. But I think Wales were a bit scared to go for it early on, weren't they? I think they were like, oh, we better not go for it just in case they catch us out. And then, yeah, didn't get going in the second half at all. I fell for Mexico last night. Did you see that one? No, they went out, didn't they? No, they were, it got to, it's one of the guys from work to Mexico. So I thought, oh, what? It had about 20 minutes to go. So I was like, oh, I watched, I watched a bit of it. They were 2 0 up going into injury time. Yeah. It was Argentina beat Poland. So I was like, oh, that's cool. That's all done. And then um, this guy from work sort of messaged me like 10 minutes later, like, bloody man, just proper ranting. I was like, what? They were 2-0 up. Saudi Arabia scored like the 98th minute or something. Yeah. To knock them well, out. I was going to say, well, the, the thing about it is like, like you know, 98 is quite a short game as far as this World Cup's going. Because the amount of injury really time is like just nuts. Um, yeah, it's a bit over the top, isn't it? One of them had like 11 minutes in the first half, 13 minutes in the second half. Oh, like Eng England's first one was stupid. That was probably about like 20, 25 minutes overall. You know, that Iran game. I think it was because it, like, it was that game that I was watching when the kids left school. I was like, oh, I watched the last like half hour before the start. Were they, were, they, were they watching England-Iran in school? No. Oh, was it not sanctioned by your school? That's really bad. No, I had it on at lunchtime. I had it on at lunchtime. I was like, right, I'll turn it off for the final lesson. Um, might have been on during shooter time at the end of the day. I was like, oh, quick, shooter time. No one's going to come in. doesn't matter now. But yeah, I was like, I watched it. There's just like the never ending injury time. I was like, oh, so I didn't even see the end of that game. Yeah, like, I think that the thing now is like, we're kind of like, we're two games a day again for kind of a bit. Then we start having days without football and things. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. It's weird. Like, it's, like even though you knew there was four games a day, you kind of didn't know there was four games a day because it doesn't feel right. No, it's the ten AM one. I didn't realise about. Well, if you think about it, if if that was how it was working, like during a summer, having a ten o'clock, ten till twelve, one till three, four till six, seven till nine, so it finishes reasonably early. And if it's on a Friday night or what's Friday or Saturday, you can get hammered and stuff after. Um, but I think it's during winter, it's just sort of weird, isn't it? That like, you know, two of the games are when it's dark. Yeah. No, you know, I just have not have not got into it at all. But but apart apart from um the World Cup, well I suppose we you know, we we we're gonna remember to do numbers um because we're always so bad. Um and it's about more of, time, about ten minutes in, so we can do the numbers. Well we're quite early actually, nine 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 sixteen or whatever. Um yeah. 30 is a pretty straightforward one. Um, you know, now, there's been a few. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There uh, has been a couple of Fulham Tottenham links with oh, go, 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 go for those, but and see if they're going to trump who, who we're going to go with. So, obviously, first one, Moussa Dembele. Yeah, okay. Second one, this is this is big. You're going to love this one as the Tottenham link, it's amazing. Carlos Vinicius. Oh, yeah. Because I think he did so well at Tottenham of God knows. 
Didn't he? Didn't he score like I remember him scoring against like he a did, Marine or something? He did eventually score, and he did the whole like that yes. whole celebration. And it was against like, like a non-league team, wasn't it, or something? Yeah, because yeah, because that's a play behind closed doors. So it was during COVID, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was like, Marine. Big, he had yeah, the biggest game in that club's history, and they couldn't get any fans. Yeah. I remember he had like people stood on their roof watching the game. They were doing that because that's when they did like the raffle of where there were prizes yes. and one of them was to be the manager for the day and like they for a game and it was like because like Poch was still our manager at the, was it Poch or Jose whoever That's it was was the, yeah whoever was the manager at the time and obviously you know because everyone was all the players were buying you know tickets and stuff and trying to raise as much money for Marine as they could and things cause, and it was like the whole it's like you know with the media like the press interviews and things like oh so if you bought tickets and things yes i have it's like so what happens if you win to be the manager for the day <laughs> i totally forgot about vinicius yeah that's the round that's the random one go on then hit me with a 30. well arguably the greatest footballer of all time um arguably in people's eyes and stuff, definitely kind of in our generation, it's like yeah. him or another guy. Um, I prefer him over the other guy. He was 30 at Barcelona, he's 30 at PSG now. Um, he's not really done too much in this World Cup so far, but um, he did it yesterday, yeah. But I, I suppose all, all of the kind of like the kind of you know big marquee players have all kind of sort of not had great kind of world cups and stuff but you sort of know that the thing is you know the same with harry kane the same with ronaldo you know the same with neymar you know you know we're talking about lionel messi obviously in this sort of case as our 30 but you know you can't just go oh they're past it they're done they're not sort of doing anything because you know you switch off they're still you know world-class players and like he's his goal-scoring record at Barca and, you know, what he's sort of done for Argentina and things is just phenomenal. So, you know, we, we honoured some of the big NFL, like, all-time greats and things. So I think, obviously, we have to go with, with Messi as our 30. It's got to be done. Easy pick, that one, I think. I think it was pretty straightforward. But outside of the world of uh, football, um, in the last month... We haven't really had much kind of happen. No, so we had, we had a couple of gigs. We went and saw... You ventured down to Guildford for me. Yes. So in, ter in terms... I've, I think I had... I think I've been to five events since we last did. Um, I went to Buck and Bull on Saturday. Uh, went oh, and saw yeah, I went and saw Lucy at Electroworks. We won't talk about it anymore. Lucy was amazing and things. Um, when we were there with Fran, Ian Hish and Tyler Fillmore, it was amazing. Um, yeah, I might not be rushing to be going back. Um, anyway, um, other things I've done. I went to the Americana uh, Awards launch, which yep. was really cool at Amira. Uh, so that's going to be taking place in... January at Hackney Empire. So they've got the whole of the um, AMA UK Fest taking place around Hackney, which I know is something that Steamy's wanted to get doing for a long time. Um, so that's really great. It's going to be a really kind of fun week. Uh, they have the conference, uh, they have showcases, then they have the awards kind of coming into the evening. Um, so that's great. So they did kind of a launch where they had um treetop flies and native harrow performed and they announced kind of all the nominees and things um not gonna lie, was a lot of new names and stuff to me uh in terms of what kind of was with there and stuff um but yeah as my spotify wrapped told me that i've been listening to and embracing a lot of americana so the more and more um that we can sort of get to know and stuff the better um what else have i done um oh yeah i went to guildford uh, it's a joyous night i'll tell you what that is a cracking venue the boiler the room, uh, boiler room wasn't it amazing it's like I'd, I'd gone in there and you know they've got like posters of like old gigs and stuff like over the walls and the ceiling all and the thing. ceilings and there was one from like ed sheeran from like 10 years ago where it was like eight pound advance nine pound on the door and you can generally see it's like 
it's like wow that's <laughs> epic uh so yeah went and saw uh jill andrews um which was really really cool um spoke to her before as well we're going to have that interview coming really really soon we had a very lot we had quite a long chat and kind of talked about a lot of things i know really, i was waiting outside to buy you a beer um yeah she she's really really cool um it took her a long time to get over she's definitely keen to keep wanting to come back and things and it's definitely someone if you've not listened to you should definitely check out she's done um, quite a cool little tour as well hasn't she she's been kind of she did really and a few more, yeah, a few more unique places, Ron. I think didn't have Western Supermare. Yeah, I think she was opening for Kezia. I think that was the last show on the tour because that was a Kezia on that yeah. one as well. Um, but yeah, she's really, really cool. She's got a new record coming out at the start of next year. She recorded like uh, a live, live's not kind of right word. She recorded an, uh, an EP at the Parthenon in Centennial Park in Nashville as well where they had kind of like a sort of string kind of quartet and things kind of doing stuff. It's really, really cool. Um, and yeah, she's, you know, got fascinating back catalogue and kind of with other projects that she's been involved in, um, which you'll kind of be able to kind of read more about and stuff um, when we get that piece out. But that was a lot of fun. And yeah, it was nice to head out to Guildford. Um, I hadn't been there for a long time, really hadn't been to Guildford for like ages. <laughs> Because it's like we like this is the thing. It's like we we both used to work pretty much like you know when you're down, down the road. It was an easy place to go to back what fifteen years ago. That's scary, isn't it? When you yeah. think about it, how long ago that was. Wow, ancient times. Um, so what else you had? I I think I've already done the. the only, I think the only other gear. Oh, the other gear. So I went to the first uh, London song suffragettes. Oh yes, Jets at um, Cap the Camden Club. So up at um, kind of up between um, Camden Town and Kentish Town, kind of if you're looking at station wise, basically opposite Morrison's. Um, so, so that was really really cool. It was nice. Uh, it was um, Hannah Rose Platt was playing uh, Poppy Fardell and. Uh, Jordan Mallory, um, he was over from the States. Uh, she's part of a duo called Tupelo Honey, um, and they were doing some theatre shows in the Netherlands. And so she sort of came over while they had like an off day, playing her first show in London. We kind of put some things in our socials with that. She was great. Uh, and yeah, it's really cool. It was really well attended as well, which was great to see, especially the fact that it was the same night as when Lewis and Izzy from Two Ways Home were doing one of their um their sort of round nights um with ray so yeah i think that's definitely going to grow and it's really really cool that you know how much effort that todd um and phoebe and tony for kind of the venue and then the guys at lime tree for kind of getting that sub sort of stuff going with stuff over here so that's going to be exciting and last gig i suppose kind of the big one really when you you were you you were down in the pit again for this one, I was. Well, I think that was the most space I had all night at that venue. Was taking photos. I should have made the most of it. So it was yeah, it was quite a cool one for. So Callista Clark uh, was over supporting Brett Young. It was sort of halfway through the UK dates, wasn't it? I think that show because I then headed off to Glasgow and Birmingham. Yeah. So yeah, it was a good good night. Obviously, Callista. Good to see her, obviously, back again. And again, there was a very good crowd in there for her set, which you can never quite be too it sure. Was, it, it, was so, it, it really was packed and stuff. Sort of when kind of like I got in, like me, me and Rachel got in, that it was like we could barely find space. And that was before Calista even came on. Yeah. Um, but it is really good that people are getting there early. And so if obviously Brett has that, massive appeal and things and kind of so people want to be as close as they can for him um but yeah it's it's awesome yeah that, but no looking sort of from the pit looking up yeah seats were <laughs> filled up as well which is quite cool so yeah it's good for her to obviously have have had that appeal and i think hopefully i'll just keep adding to her desire to want to come back and hopefully into next year we could get some kind of little headline show from her i think because 
looking at what she pulled there, I think you're looking at the kind of the 500 cap venues kind of thing. She could probably quite nicely get a crowd in, I think, at them. Yeah, that that was what she was saying because I I spoke to Clisson before the gig, and that that piece is now online as well. Um, and she'd sort of been saying that this time her her tour manager is also her bass player, so was over with her the first time to kind of be able to see what things are. But she's definitely you know looking to be keeping coming back. Um, she didn't directly say it, but I think that the next time is probably sooner rather than later. Um, and yeah, I think the the plan is for her to keep coming back, bring a band, keep growing and things. She obviously put the full record out this year. She kind of was already teasing about the next project as well uh, when we spoke to her. So yeah, it, it was great. And like, you know, like we said, it, it was it's really nice that, you know, seeing so many people getting in for the support and things. And yeah. I know, and I, and I think, you know, there is a wholesome thing, because I'm guilty of it as well, that if there's a gig sort of coming on and I don't know who your support is or I'm not that interested, I generally stand at the back anyway. So Shepherd's Bush is a venue, mess, other thing altogether. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, it's when, when you've got someone that has that appeal, it, it does make a huge amount of difference. And I think that, you know, she did her thing. It was great. And then, you know, Brett, tall man, sings a lot of ballads, um really really cool show good uh, again i think i think i think they underestimated maybe it's appeal over here they probably it's a tough one isn't it kind of venue size wise that i guess the next step up is almost kind of hammersmith isn't it really so it's kind of a it's a yeah. tough one to gauge of do you go for shepherd's bush do you go for hammersmith i think, that, I think we we kind of that's the thing that we've said to a lot of people when they're looking at booking shows the thing about london is like venues is you have quite a few venues at the same level but the jump between that level to the next is quite big yeah so whereas you have shepherd's bush coco kentish town forum that are all a very similar sort of size okay brilliant you can sell those out but your next ones you're looking at hammersmith or you're looking at brixton which it still annoys me that people don't country artists don't play shows at brixton um one it's amazing venue and two it's really close to my house and i can get the bus there and back so <laughs> how much i want so it's perfect and i have night buses and stuff um but yeah so you know brett obviously yeah, no, that, it, was packed, which, it was great to see it so packed out but yeah it was on the extreme end of being packed out and but he he was selling all those he was selling all those nights out on the tour and i think when you sort of look at that as well like you know um we we kind of sort of knew sort of things i can't remember if brett actually said it kind of on stage but like you know they were playing with you know a pretty much brand new guitarist to the group he was so this was his so uh tony luca I think his name is. Yeah, cool. I should know. Um, So, yeah, it was his first set of gigs with the band. This was his first tour. So he literally joined a couple of weeks beforehand. Previously, he came back third on The Voice in America. So a very accomplished musician in his own right, which was quite quite a random fact I I later found out. Um, So, yeah, he was brand new to the band. But yeah, you wouldn't have known it. That's I think that's the good bit of it. Well, no, that was cool because like we, after the show, we were in the pub next door um, because it was the cowboy. It was the last game the Cowboys lost. They were playing Green Bay when we were miles in front. And when I left, it's like, oh, fine, we've won this easy, and we didn't because um, we um, we kind of stopped to have a couple of beers with with Matt Franti, who's a mate of both of ours, who's been playing in Brett's band. Um, Playing keys and being was being worked really hard for a guy that sings a lot of ballads like Brett does. You know, the guy that's on keys is a real key cog to that. Um, but you know, we, we kind of hung out with Matt, and he sort of said after that he he's got some really exciting things coming for him uh, into twenty twenty three, which we 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 are both like really you know excited for him, really pumped for him, and really looking forward to sharing him things because um, that guy is so so talented uh he's such a cool guy um and yeah you know best of luck to matt and you know we want to do as much as we can to you know 
help sharing what he's going to be doing as well. Yeah, it's definitely, I say, by the sounds of it, yeah, there's lots to come from him as, yeah, he has now announced he's obviously going to be leaving Brett's band to go full-time. So it's kind of full steam ahead for him, which is quite cool. Well, I think it was the thing, like, when we first saw him in the pub, it was pretty much the first thing that he said to us as well. Oh, it was kind it's of like, like... You can't say anything for a couple of days, though. It was kind of more... I think the first thing is, like, do you want a beer? And kind of, as he's getting it... And it's like, it's like, how did you think it was? It's like, oh, did it sound okay? We've had a new guy in the band and things. It's like, yeah, it sounded great and stuff. And like, he works you really hard with playing the keys. It's like, yeah, I won't do for much longer. And because um, he's like, I've got this, I'm going to do it. I'm really focused, really pumped and things. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of, that seems so long ago as well. That's a long time ago now. I had a very late Monday night as well with him. So, yeah, I was I was up in Manchester. You went away to work. I went back into London. Go, I had to go. I was I was having another business meeting actually. I was having a very sophisticated night on a Monday, um, with uh, another friend of ours that works for a label over here. So I guess the other big country news of the last couple of weeks is the CMA Awards, as we wrap up our first show of December. Which actually kind of had a bit of a surprise winner, I think, for CMA there, there were a couple. You know, there was a few that kind of really sort of didn't. So, you know, Luke was always going to be Entertainer of the Year again. He got Album of the Year for growing up. Um, yeah. Chris Stapleton, male vocalist, as things are. Old Dominion, Group of the Year. Uh, Brothers Osborne, Duo of right. the Year. Cody Johnson, Till You Can't, Single of the Year. Jordan Davis's by Dirt was uh, Song of the Year, but Female Vocalist of the Year, I'm not sure a lot of people saw this coming. I did not. I had this, I think I probably had the New Artist. I had it down as New Artist one. She also won New Artist and has recently, I think within the last week, been named as one of the three people that will be performing on Thursday of C2C for the CMA Songwriters Series. Uh, alongside uh, Dalton Dover and Nate Smith. So they, I think those tickets kind of went on on Tuesday for that. Um, but obviously that kind of the big appeal for that songwriter show and who we're talking about with being female vocalist of the year, CMA New Artist of the Year, Lainey Wilson, who has had an epic year. I think, yeah, she's kind of just plodded along at a really good rate though, hasn't it really? That she hasn't kind of... It doesn't feel like she's been in your face, which I think is always the thing I find. When you look at all the other new artists, that's why I was like, I'd wanted to win it, but you didn't think she did because it had, well, you know, you know my views of the new artists of the year nominees. But yeah, it felt like she wasn't being thrown in your face, which is why I think for me to have got the female artist of the year, you're like, okay, did not expect that one because yeah, she just kind of does her thing, goes about her business. And you don't don't feel like she's on the radio all the time. Don't feel like she's being plugged all the time. Yeah. But it's clearly done enough, which is excellent. She's also an absolute fucking badass that's <laughs> on Yellowstone and is like I've not watched it yet. I've I'm in season four. Well, I, I, I don't watch it. I've kind of not got Paramount and stuff, so I've never kind of seen it and things, but I know she's kind of someone that's on that and things. Yeah, she's um, in season five. She's I, I've only spoken to her over Zoom and she genuinely is the most fun person to like do any press with and things. Um, she's just, she's so Southern and humble and warm and like kind of has a real sense of excitement about everything. But at the same time that she just kind of, the filter just kind of goes at times. <laughs> And it's it's just amazing, and it's the way that she sort of does things. And she's like, she apologizes about stuff, and she's like, I don't need to, but I probably should, but I might do. And she kind of goes into that kind of weird sort of like, like a little bit like what Callista does as well, kind of with almost like an OCD. Ashley McBride does this too. That kind of when they start saying things, and they kind of like, I'm not sure that's what I meant to say, but I said this, but I might not have said this. And it's kind of, Lainey's <laughs> amazing. Um, She's going to be at C2C uh, in March. And like we said, she's going to be part of that songwriter series with Nate Smith and Dalton Dover on the 9th of March at the Indigo at the O2. 
Um, and the kind of, I suppose, from our standpoint as well, that, that the other award that isn't awarded at the actual awards itself, which is kind of the most relevant for us, is the CMA each year do uh, an International Artist Achievement Award, uh, which this year there were four nominees, which were Tennille Towns, Lindsay L, Brothers Osborne, uh, and the eventual winner, Ashley McBride, all four of them massively deserving, just from how we see things in the UK. Yeah. You know, four people that have toured relentlessly and stuff. Then, you you know, you bear in mind you've got the, what the two Canadian good girls do up in Canada and things as well. And then when you sort of throw in kind of like, you know, with John and TJ and Ashley and kind of how big advocates they are, you know, for equality and a lot of things as well. Um just kind of everything and like you know ashley was the person that they kind of they voted for that and i don't i don't think any you i don't think you could argue about any of them and things but you know four very deserved winners but um obviously fantastic for ashley and um yeah i i think she'll i think she'll be coming back again soon like that once they come once they come here they get the bug and you know she's she she's another one who's again at that point where Brett was of yeah, what an uh, if she when when more than if well, I was like, gonna say we saw it the round out. Yeah. Was the last time. Um so yeah, so that, that was the CMA awards, um, in terms of what things are. We've we've had a couple of like like announcements of things that are coming. We talked about the CMA songwriters, but it's part of C to C. Also, Tennille Arts is going to be coming back in February, which is super exciting because uh, she's really... as well. Yeah, at Omira, which is my my favourite venue in London. Love that place. Uh, adore Omira. When I spoke to Caitlin Smith while she was over during Country Music Week, and we were talking about like for when she comes back, it's like Omira would be an amazing venue for you to play. <laughs> and it's like, tell me more about this Omira. It's like, well, it's owned by Ben Lovett from Mumford and Sons, and it's like, it's so beautiful, it's amazing. And at that sort of point, like, um, Katie, her manager, sort of went kind of like started paying attention. It was like amazing. It's like, yeah, play a mirror um, in terms of size and things. But yeah, it's so cool. So yeah, so it's Neil Arts. Uh, he last played at the Grace in London because she had Jade. Jade Halliwell supported her there. Um, and she's super lovely um, as well um so it's great that she's sort of coming back too and kind of i suppose the other big sort of like news we've had really is kind of the only other sort of thing i note is black deer have announced the initial parts of their lineup uh for 2023 um if you're going to bring in a headliner that's going to follow when you had van morrison this year um i don't think you could get any better than bringing Bonnie Rat in as somebody that's going to improve what people are going to look at as a wow factor, um, which is incredible. So that's going to be taking place at Deer Park um, next year in June. Um, it, it's been my favourite thing of the year, Black Deer. I cannot recommend yeah. it enough to any people whatsoever yes this year there were kind of other reasons why i enjoyed it so much and things but just the setting the kind of the vibe everything about it is just like perfect yes you've got a bit of a walk from your car to get in um and when you're walking back to the car after you're going uphill a little bit but that it's it's such a cool vibe it's such a cool site everything's cashless everything works um and you know jill and and debs and bev and what they kind of do with that you know absolutely nailed on getting stuff perfect so that in addition to kind of bonnie they've announced you know some other artists playing dylan earl bella white robbie vincent amethyst kia who opened up um the main stage at long road uh this year els bailey who my parents actually went to see about okay. about two months ago um my dad growing up was a really really big don mclean fan yeah so for his birthday they booked tickets to go to see don mclean at cliff's pavilion in south end okay as you do Random. Um, yeah no they 
it's the whole sort of thing is because they don't go to gigs and don't know what they're doing they book the whole like package and all that sort of stuff and then but but anyway they had a night in a hotel they absolutely loved it and it's like mum had sort of kind of messaged me after she's like like, oh there was there was a girl that opened that thought you you know you i think you might like it's like what's the name it's like l's somebody it's like l's bailey they're like yeah it's like yeah do you know her it's like yeah i've I've been out drinking with her <laughs> at the Americana Awards the last sort of time and things. And mum's like, oh, she was really good. She's like, it's like, I like her. It's like, oh, amazing. Um, so obviously kind of Els is on there. Els is doing wonderful things with kind of what kind of going things. She w- she got some nominees, nominations through uh, the AMA as well, which is great to see. Um, as well on the Black Day lineup, they've announced Alison Russell, uh, Calexico, Lucinda Williams, um, the Teskey brothers, and the Faneuil Ratliff. Um, so there's going to be loads more to sort of come, you know, because like I say, this year we had Van Morrison, the Waterboys for about 25 minutes, um, Cam for about 25 minutes, <laughs> um, and obviously Jeff Tweedy and Wilco. So that was cool. But yeah, Black Deer you know great start with kind of getting bonnie as that as um your first sort of person to kind of start pushing those tickets um to go out what else what else what else have we got like before the end of the year have you got have you got anything else i don't think i have well i've got it came down in january i think that's obviously the, the countdown for many it's probably that one in january but yeah it's kind of well i've got a couple of, i've got a couple of little bits i'm um off to see jess and the bandits next weekend um next sunday and i'm gonna be chatting to jess tomorrow which is gonna be really cool she put a lot of posts on uh on her facebook and insta with videos on thanksgiving um to kind of talk about where she sort of feels she is with kind of music and stuff so we're going to kind of get in quite deep with that and that's probably going to be an audio interview that we're going to kind of put on stuff going through um also next week uh catching up with jordan harvey which is going to be a lot of fun um one of the last guys i spoke to before the world ended actually <laughs> actually yeah, yeah. he must be about the same because i met them in berlin when he was with the, la- the last the last person i interviewed before lockdown was Bay. Um, oh yeah, because I was like the week at CTC. Uh, yeah, we went. We went to it was at his hotel, so I'd gone over to the Hilton in Greenwich and kind of met him there. But earlier in the morning, I'd gone and met. So J- Jordan Harvey, if you don't know, is um, he's a Scottish guy who lived in Nashville. A really, really cool guy. Super, super talented. Was part of a, a band called King Calloway uh, before, and he's now putting out his own music uh, through. Oh, Japan have just equalised as a way to stop the flow about as a that. Way to finish for the day um but yeah so jordan was part of king calloway he's doing his own stuff um and so that's going to be a lot of fun and things he opened for seaforth uh, a couple of days ago and um, so i'm sure we'll kind of talk about that and you know anyone that's mates with those two crazy aussies is um you obviously know it's going to be quite a lot of fun um, <laughs> So that's going to be cool. And I think as well, then I suppose the last big one, Swift Again. Again? Oh, yeah, 16th of December. A Christmas Swift Again. Christmas Swift Again. Oh, my God. The, okay. thing that show, the thing that shows is I'm not the only person kind of in the industry circle that's kind of will be going. And it's great how none of us have any shame about it. Um, so I'll like, leave that one to you. Well, no, it's like Maddie's never been before and she's super excited. And it's like, I was chatting to Jenny the other week and things. And it's like, oh my God, it's, like, it's going to be so cool. Um, so yeah, looking forward to Swift again at Troxy on 16th of December. That's probably sold out because it always is. That is the busiest night I've, I ever go to as a club night. Um, so that's a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, we're going to do, we're going to do one more podcast this year so we're going to do a 31 as kind of like an end of we're sort of you know reflection looking back on because that's the whole sort of thing you're supposed to do 
and generally like because we sort of sort of said kind of briefly at the start it's like we've both got quite a lot with work and things and a lot a lot of kind of things going on so it's just kind of a lot better so rather than me writing a piece on my top five albums of the year we'll kind of do that in there and we'll just sort of look back on kind of you know highlights uh gig of the year you know um our favorite this musical discovery who our favorite act been all that all that shit well, I, I now know your who your favorite discovery is after seeing your spotify unwrapped i can probably guess oh my spotify god unwrapped had an artist japan two, japan two one is that germany out then japan two are disallowed got really excited well yeah no that was the thing right spotify and rap like the top three i think has been the same top three i've had i'm still kit more i'm still in the top 0.5 percent of kit more i i was well so marin was my number one uh again i had kip two kelsey three uh jess muskelik four as a new entry into there uh leapfrogging lindsay as like now top canadian um in that I can't remember what I had. I'm just opening it. Uh... But my my most listened to track of the year was a uh, Seaforth Jordan Davis. Good beer. As... I, what, I swear mine's the same. Like every year, Kit Moore, Keith Urban, Old Dominion, Jimmy Allen, Thomas Rep. It's a very boring top five. It's very very generic country it's radio. Very also, generic. I really need to like venture into like some new playlists. So I'm definitely going to be open. I think to some recommendations. Well, I think that's the whole sort of thing. Is I like, want a new top five. You always sort of think it's like, right, I'm going to make an effort next year to make it be really, really fucking cool and get some like really edgy kind of like bands and stuff in there. And then it's literally, you kind of like hear it's like, you like most listened to tracks and stuff but i've my got like, this two track was like a keith urban one i think i had like axwell grosso kind of like as my number two like more than you know which is out for about probably about four years ago and things yeah it's generally it's because it's kind of like one of my sort of like gym tracks and things my, um, mine was keith urban days go by tune i think we'll run these it's, down it's so weird as well to like look back and think that keith played two shows here this year i get like yeah, my, them. my top five songs, Days Go By, Homegrown by Zach Brown, Good Times Roll, Jimmy Allen, She's Mine, Kit Moore, and another Keith Urban one. Oh, on news we didn't mention, uh, where you mentioned Zach Brown, that since we were last on, they um, officially announced Caroline Jones as a full-time member of the band, uh, which is amazing. She's obviously still doing her solo stuff as well. Uh, that's fantastic for her. They were doing um, at Dolly Parton's um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. Um, they were kind of the band that was playing behind the so Zach Brown band, and they kind of had like everyone in the entire world because Dolly's like queen of the world um, that were kind of coming on to sing with her and stuff. So that's that. Okay. And yeah, we've pretty much covered a lot. What the only thing we haven't really covered is um, the Grammy noms came out as well, which is slightly different to CMAs in terms of how things have done. Um, there are four country categories. There are four generic or all category character categories, and they have ones for like every genre and stuff. Um, but for us looking at the country, they have a solo performance, a duo or group slash collaboration. They have country album of the year. They have country song of the year. Um, in a, like the solo performance, Heart First, Kelsey Ballerini, uh, Something the Orange, Zach Bryan, um, In His Arms by Miranda Lambert, Circles Around His Town, Maren Morris, uh, Live Forever, Willie Nelson. The duo or group category, um, you have noms for Ingrid Andres and Sam Hunt, Luke Combs yep. and Randall Lambert, Ray Reba and Dolly, Robert Plant and Alison Krauss, um, Carly Pierce and Ashley McBride for Never Wanted to Be That Girl, which was the musical event of the year at the CMAs, which I don't think we mentioned before, and Brothers Osborne, um, Midnight Riders Prayer, which is the only kind of non-collaboration in that. Um, Song of the Year, that was... Kelly Johnson, Till You Can't, uh, Luke Combs doing this, Marin Circles Around This Town, um, Miranda, If I Was a Cowboy, um, 
I Love You Till the Day I Die by Willie Nelson. Um, I Bet You Think About Me, uh, which is Taylor, one of Taylor's two nominations. So Taylor Swift got two nominations from the Grammys this year. Um, but she got one in country again, which is sort of good. Obviously, she was re-releasing that Sorry, project. Yeah. And then the albums were Luke Combs' Grown Up, Miranda Palomino, Ashley McBride uh, Presents Lindeville, uh, which we talked about quite in depth, actually, in a podcast a while back. Um, Marin's Humble Quest, which might feature very, very heavily when we do our end-of-year type pieces. Um, a Beautiful Time, Willie Nelson, and that was the country ones. And then going through the all-category ones, there's... They have a record of the year, an album of the year, song of the year, and also the only kind of artist-specific one, which is Best New Artist. Um, not going to lie, for Best New Artist, I didn't know who the majority of them were. <laughs> the ones that I did, I only really knew by name. Maniskin, who won Eurovision, um, wore a lot of leather. Um, yeah. wet, wet Leg and Lato, who does that big energy rip-off of Mariah Carey fancy. As like the, um, and there's some other people who I'm sure are wonderful and have lots of fans everywhere, but have not really made my musical spectrum. Um, across the record album, Song of the Year, um, it's pretty much going to be a shootout between Adele and Harry Styles, I'd imagine, for all three of them. Because... Um, as it was by Harry Styles and uh, Easy on Me by Adele are up for record and song of the year, and both of them with Thirty in Harry's house are up for album of the year. Um, just kind of, you know, looking through. You've got noms for ABBA, uh, Beyonce, Mary J. Blige, uh, Doja Cat, Kendrick Lamar, Lizzo. Um, love a bit of Lizzo. Um, yeah. Coldplay um, and kind of a lot of those, so it kind of covers the whole spectrum, but in kind of our sort of scope, the kind of, I suppose the interest really comes from uh, Brandy Carlisle and Lucius with You and Me on the Rock is up for record of the year. Brandy's In These Silent Days is also up for album of the year. Um, like I say, going up against 30 from Adele, Harry's House, um, from Harry Styles and then Song of the Year um, Buddy Rap who we talked about before she's a, in that category too uh, with Just Like That um, <clears throat> there's some cool stuff in there for the song which is obviously for the songwriters um, Liz are about damn time um, as it was uh, by Harry Styles uh, Easy on Me Adele um, A B C D E F U by Gail which I'm sure everyone knows through like TikTok and kind of all those social things. And also the second nomination for Taylor, um, which is pretty, pretty epic um, with the 10 minute version of All Too Well, which I'm sure when that drops at Swift again on the 16th of December, like the entire of the Troxy will go batshit crazy like <laughs> um so yeah so that's the grammys so in a nutshell tenille arts february um cdc songwriters laney wilson in march tickets on sale now um england is still in the world cup as are australia as are america but not though yeah so table will obviously be really disappointed with that in fact, it probably won't be. Probably still trying to build his house, like he's been doing for the last. I'll make her out as well. So, <clears throat> so yeah, I was going to say back. It's really Australia is a really interesting one because they don't play in their own regional coast. They they left their. No, they play well, in Asia, don't they? Because they weren't yeah. ever getting a chance to qualify. Well, yeah, because in Asia they have more chances to qualify, whereas Oceania or whatever it's whatever the term for them is like they go a playoff and then they, yeah there's no direct qualification yeah. but yeah but yeah we want australia we love australia to beat argentina actually because more amazing seaforth content of while they're still in is massively appreciated so having just seen it is actually 
Um, I hadn't realised Belgium went out of the World Cup today. Yes, they did. I did not know that. And it's saying Japan is 2-1, apparently. Japan is 2-1 and Costa Rica have just equalised against Germany. So, Germany are... So, as it stands, Japan are top of that group. Japan are top, Spain second. Spain second. Germany going out. Germany going out. Wow. But... We'll have plenty more to talk about, and I guess by the time we do our like end of year review, that we'll we'll be able to reflect back on the World Cup and so an end of year World Cup review, album review, single review, all for you in the final episode of season one. It will be season one, but just to clarify, part it's not we've decided to recommission ourselves. It's just we've decided that when we start again in January, and we're we're going to work towards a much stricter. Um, reoccurrence um, of when we do it. I reckon we like to do it every fortnight because yeah. every I'm going to say because every week it's just not always going to work. Um, but the main reason we're going to say it's going to be season two is that once you get past thirty, um, <laughs> it becomes harder to find. Players. We're running out of numbers. We're running out of players for numbers, and we're going to get to some random baseball and basketball players that no one's heard of. So, yeah, well... Episode 30. 30. Lionel Messi. One more to go. We'll both be 37. We will be. 29 plus 8. 29 plus 8. Sorry, I didn't say that. 29 plus 8. And, yeah, it's been fun. Thanks for taking the time, anyone that's listening to our wondrous ramblings on a Thursday night. That's why it's called Podding Nonsense. There's a reason behind the name. Ciao for now. Thank you very much.